Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. I'm back with my buddy Aaron. How are we doing today, Aaron? Hello. I'm all good, thank you, Jules. I am well. How are you? Uh, less well, bit unwell, oh. in fact. I feel like every week I'm a bit unwell, but you know, we go again. We go again. We're getting rolls. Well, I'm well all the time. <laughs> I'm eternally well, <laughs> and you're always a little bit less well. But that's okay. We're because here now. of the music. Yeah. <laughs> The content is what is what is keeping us, us going. On. Yeah, and what is the content? Uh, today we're doing an artist profile. What on earth? <laughs> Where we look at an artist in depth, her career, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, go through go through her background, her music, her stuff outside of music. Mm-hmm. And that artist is No Name. I used to have a name and look like butterflies and Hennessy. I'll trade it in for happiness, but joyful don't remember me. Sitting on my front lawn, waiting for him to call me. He said he knew my name. Shame on me, fool me once, shame on you. I got my candy cane, my name is hella pimpin' too. You can watch a play a move. Or we could call this ice cream in my Sunday sweater. Patent leather tethered to a fancy car. I know you. Woo! No Name. We love No Name. We always we do talk about No love Name. love No Name. Yeah. Very important artist for us, probably, I would say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why do you... But what's your reasoning? I just think she's been a big... Um, she's been prominent in our, in our friendship, I would say. I agree, because when we would, like, trade music on mm. USBs and hard drives and stuff, mm-hmm. it was, like, very much around the uh, acid rap and original telephone days and like mm-hmm. mick jenkins days yeah back in those days when like we didn't really even talk we weren't friends we just <laughs> <laughs> just met in dodgy alleyways with USBs. With USBs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no name important yeah. for us <laughs> very important very important to hip-hop as well i think because uh She's come out of, like, yeah, as I said, that era of, like, um, Charles Rapper and Mick Jenkins and mm-hmm. Chicago Rap as well, like, people like Saba and mm-hmm. Vic Mensa as well. Yeah. Smino's always in there as well, even though he's not from Chicago. Yeah, he's from St. Louis, which is, like, kind of near, but, like, mm. yeah. not in, not in Illinois. Just, he's just involved in the scene-ish. Yeah. Um... So yeah, they all kind of like came up together around the mm-hmm. same time, um, on a lot of it on SoundCloud as well, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean they've all had varying degrees of success, but I would say that probably No Name has put out the best music out of the lot. Yeah, um, definitely the most consistent. I would say some of those artists have skyrocketed and then mm-hmm. fallen. Mm-hmm. And some have just kind of stayed on the same level. No yeah. name has probably done one of the best. At, well, not in terms of financially, but she's done very well. Let's start by talking about no name. Bit of background. Um, so Fatima Naima Warner, Chicago poet, rapper, activist, all round good at doing lots of things best all-rounder she would win she's listed some of her influences in the past as like growing up listening to blues artists alongside people like nina simone patricia smith jay electronica who she always raps about tony morrison james baldwin andre 3000 lots and lots of people 
Um, and I think her embedding prominent literary figures in there alongside musician is quite kind of telling uh, of her style and the way that she's developed her sound um, with a keen sense of like how words sound, particularly based in poetry. Um, so she grew up in Chicago. She was raised by her grandmother until she was 13. When she then moved in with her mum, maybe her dad as well, I'm not certain of that, but her mum owned a bookshop and her dad was a book publisher and, distribu and distributor. Um, so again, a lot of literary involvement um, in her life. But when she moved in, she said that she didn't particularly read extensively. She was kind of more interested in poetry. Uh, she started going to an after-school club and youth initiative called You Media Project, um, which you might have heard referenced across other rap songs because that's where lots of Chicago artists um, kind of came through and started meeting each other and developing their style. So that's where she met Chance and that's where she met Vic Mensa and Donny Trumpet and Saba and lots of people. And that's where she kind of worked on her performance poetry and her poetic style, like I said. Um, from there, she went on to performing at slam poetry events and open mic events. And she wasn't really thinking about rapping at the time. But after the shows, they'd have ciphers where everyone would get together and they just kind of do some throw, throwaway lines. Um, and that's when she started kind of appreciating the performative nature of rap a bit more. And that's where she got her name. No name. What a name. <laughs> uh, originally no name Gypsy because she kind of liked the idea of being unattached um, and kind of being free to create whatever art she wanted um, she thought this was very clear in the name no name because she wasn't tethered to any particular thing but mm. she also at the time thought it was mirrored in the Gypsy idea because she saw them as like nomads who moved around and weren't tied to any particular land but she later dropped the gypsy image, um, not image, sorry, the word gypsy from her name due to the connotations of it being a racial slur. And she didn't want it to be, um, she didn't want to be exclusive or offensive um, in her name. And it's interesting also to consider just the fact that she's called herself no name because it shows like a lack of this hyper, um, what's the word embellished character mm -hmm. it's not trying to create an over-the-top image um and that is kind of central to her idea she is just being herself and you could say like oh what's the importance in the name but if you compare no name to people like guap dad 4000 like <laughs> you can see how their pseudonym starts to kind of build up an image of them as an artist yeah, yeah. um and Around that kind of time is when she had her first appearance on a song, which was on um, Acid Rap on Lost by Chance mm -hmm. the Rapper. Yeah, I think that's probably where we found her Yeah, um, on Acid Rap. And then, yeah, as we were kind of saying before, like when she was coming up with these, like this group, people like Chance the Rapper, Mick Jenkins, whatever she would feature on a lot of their music mm. like almost all of them would have an album and then they'd have the no name feature mm -hmm. and i feel like that was um thing to look forward to when listening to these especially with chance rapper because yeah. after um after acid rap then he did a coloring book where mm -hmm. it was 
angles with the feature mm. with no that's on mick jenkins thc oh, she's yeah. on finish line i think yeah 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 you're right but then you're she's right. also uncomfortable with mick jenkins as well yeah. you ain't even gotta ask me i'm classy pina colada with a blue laffy taffy i'm rapping to save a life get that apache indian remy on the scalp coming out nigga just chilling on the couch in a blouse like dave chappelle be a nigga for life i drip drip on haters for real maybe write a rap book for the later appeal because i still write poems on a low black thought more smoking mirrors inside of the matchbox more fancy images looking like mascots Old team got the city on the rise and making the sun jealous. We dreaming new dimensions and moving like black rebels. We cold, we cold, we don't need no ice. I just want to see your hands in the air, but the fans in the stands and my name hella bright. That no name on the come up. Telephone never coming out. What's a hold up? Where you been at? Where the friend at? We just want to hear the truth in the music. Black honesty and honestly, I'ma be in the cut with a book reading prophecy before the sun goes down and the meaning of life becomes obsolete. So she was doing like a bunch of these features and then, uh, when she like dropped the gypsy part of her name and like all that kind of stuff, she deleted a lot of her old music and it was kind of like a clean slate. Yeah. Um, and she dropped Telephone the Mixtape mm-hmm. and then began the career of No Name. Yeah. And before the official Telephone Mixtape, the kind of music that she all deleted is the stuff we've spoken about several times before where it's like an unofficial telephone mm. project. But we've spoken about it loads of times. Um, but it's kind of, you can see in that the beginnings of her as an artist, which mm-hmm. is what you would get with these features. And like like you said, they were always something to look forward to. And she kind of unintentionally created quite a bit of buzz about her just by yeah. dropping these features. It was quite mad when she dropped Telephone, like the actual mixtape. Mm. Then there were so many people waiting for it. And it's like, how many artists dropped their first official mixtape with that much buzz around them yeah i mean especially it kind of definitely seems unintentional um the creation of this kind of buzz but it's also just like such clear indication of her talent that she could appear almost exclusively on features i don't think most people that were excited for her even listened to that project because it was unofficial anyway and she deleted Mm. it from soundcloud um but her appearance on other people's tracks made it um showed herself so clearly and showed her as a unique voice in hip-hop that people wanted Mm. to get more of. With the official Telephone project, um, she initially announced it and said it was kind of going to be an amalgamation of different conversations that she's had on the phone. And when she announced it, she said it would have Sunday morning on it, Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the songs that is not mm. on it. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, so she said it would have Sunday morning and she said, oh, it will be out in the next few months. And then she paused for three years. <laughs> and that is, that's generally true. She paused for three years, got rid of Sunday morning. That is on the unofficial one. You can see the J Electronica influence. Yeah. <laughs> and she said at the time when she said, oh, Sunday morning's going to be on it, she said she had it half done. But none of the songs that she originally said would be on it were on it. Mm-hmm. Um, she then went away and had some lived experience and felt like she would be kind of a bit more developed as a person before she'd put out the project. And in the creation of it, her and Felix, who does a lot of the production and plays keyboard when she performs live, and Saba all went to a little Airbnb and just stayed in the house 
for like a month or so and made all the music and created the whole album there or mixtape there mm. um which is quite interesting like you often hear about like writers retreats and getaways mm. that they do but quite interesting they just went to an airbnb the three of them and just had a nice time <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna highlight um a couple tracks to analyze but the whole um, project itself has got a very clear style and sound that I'll get into a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the first track I want to talk about is Yesterday. It's the opening track of the tape, 10 song tape, 33 minutes. So Jules loves it. That's um, a bit short in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Yesterday starts off by talking about the death of her grandmother. Um and that, I suppose, probably happened in the kind of three-year period that she took off. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll remember, as I said, she grew up for the first 13 years with her grandma. Mm. And kind of having that loss puts a lot of things in perspective for her, as is reflected in the songs. So she talks a lot about how the fame and fortune is not really important to her in life anymore. Um, and you get that very clearly with the refrain of like dreams of my granny in a ha- in a mansion happy and with the chorus where she's um, she's like I picture your smile like it was yesterday and it's all about mm-hmm. kind of dealing with loss and she's trying to reflect on it in a in a positive way and I think that's something that you get a lot throughout this album mm. so. I will go on to talk it to to talk about it a bit more later, but the whole album in its style, particularly the instrumentals, they're very kind of like light mm. and almost playful. There's something a bit childlike about them, and you mm. could listen to them and, like I often say, actually, you could listen to them and kind of just like, oh, this is a nice sunny yeah. day. I'm having a good time, <laughs> and you also get that with the way that she delivers her raps often. But, but hidden within that and kind of juxtaposed against that is the darkness um, of her actual situation. And what you get throughout the album is kind of saying this is represented for lots of black people in America, particularly black women in America. There's a lot of um, just your life is constantly surrounded by darkness. Mm. Um, later with the song Reality Check, I... I mean, with No Name, because it's so rooted in poetry and like there's so much to analyse there, often it can go over your head. And this song in particular was one that like, I'd always been like, oh, this is a good song. Like I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Um, but it wasn't until quite recently that I realised the song's all about kind of not letting the opportunity Pass by. Opportunity knocking a nigga was out for coffee. And out of quit like my window, the Grammys is way too lofty. And I can stay here forever, I could die here. I don't have to try here. Can I get my two sugars, please? Jesus made an album, I'm still waiting in the line for cream. She dreaming technique, color look black and white. Opportunity knocking a nigga just got her nails. No skeletons in my closet, gonna open the door when Yale come. They ain't gonna wanna see my silhouette rap. Me fucking cognac, my smelling all black. Mississippi vagabond, granny gonna turn up in her grave and say, My granny really was a slave for this. All your incomplete similes and pages ripped, you know they whipped us niggas. How you afraid to rap it? You up to heaven after so we can freedom now. Ain't no ocean floor when you can be a Jesus now. She's like fighting with the idea and the tension between the opportunities that would wait for her in music 
or wouldn't even wait for her in music and the comfort of having a normal life. Um, she references all the things that are passing by when she's not rapping and she's kind of in a limbo where people want her to make music and she doesn't feel ready. Um, and then there's the line where she's like, um, my granny really was a slave for this. Like her, her granny and like the ancestors before her have worked so hard for her to have a comfortable place mm. in society and then she's just like mm, do I want to rap yeah. <laughs> do I want to go to college like she's just kind of unstable and she feels a bit like torn over what to do um, sorry if I'm going on here no it's alright <laughs> I was saying am I right in saying as well that she um, was studying for a nursing degree at one point as well so she did definitely go to college I don't know um if it was nursing but mm. i'd believe it I, I i think it was nursing um yeah. so yeah in that case of like yeah what do i want to do in my life mm. opportunity knocking then, yeah yeah that's quite it, an interesting song to analyze yeah it's kind of like a which way should i go yeah in, in terms of like do i live a, a stable life that i know will support people and actually give back to the community in nursing mm. or do I take a risk and try and rap and something that we haven't even mentioned is that she's an independent artist completely mm. um, that is something that is also with a lot of the other Chicago artists that came up at the time Yeah, but all of her music she's funding herself the tours she's doing off her own back um, and so even if she is choosing to make music the opportunities to get money from it are still slightly limited mm. by the fact that she's just putting out mixtapes, not charging for them. This is a little bit before, well, for me, it was before I, I started really engaging with streaming platforms. Mm. I think they were, it was they kind were of around the time then, yeah. of them getting big, but still lots of people, like it was originally put out on Bandcamp, I think, for, for free. Yeah, and that piff was also mm. pretty big as well. Yeah. So again, that kind of time where she's like, Mm, what's the sa the stable thing for me to do right now and should I be using my voice or mm. should I just be kind of keeping it inside um, and there's a line where she's like skeleton's going to open the door when Yale come um, they don't want to see my silhouette rap so she's like I should actually take this opportunity because otherwise I'm just going to keep putting it off and putting it off mm. and then I'm going to be dead mm. and that is something that is talked about all over the album yeah <laughs> Especially, I think, as you're going to mention, Casket Pretty. That's exactly what I was going to mention, Jules. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even in the title, you get what I've been talking about before with the kind of like dark twist of something nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that's ref it's kind of the embodiment of the cover of the album. Oh, tape, sorry. Where you've got like a cute little kid. I think it's supposed to be like her as a child. Um, and death is constantly lurking over her. She's got a skull balanced on her head, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of the eternal fear and the inescapable notion that death is always around the corner for black Americans. There's a line um, where it's something about she fears picking up the phone, um, referencing mm -hmm. back to the telephone image, because whenever she gets a phone call, it could be just her friends or it could be the news of them passing. And you get the imagery of kind of watching the news and seeing another person die. Um, and then you get the really like hard hitting too many babies in suits, um, mm -hmm. which is just devastating. 
and like I said before death is like a big big theme um, and it's contrasted with this childlike kind of brightness throughout the album it's almost reminiscent of like nursery rhymes sometimes with the ways that she puts the words together or like adults talking to babies some of the ways that she breaks down words and it's this idea that you're in America as a black person you're marked as soon as you're born um, with impending death and I mean the clearest representation of that is like Bye Bye Baby where she's talking about an abortion where the child doesn't even get life before it's dead and this is followed up with Shadow Man where each artist is like Smino and Saba are both on there and they're talking about how they want their funeral to be mm. um, and so does No Name and it's kind of a sense especially with Smino's verse that he's gonna die young when he's like play Metro Boomin at my funeral mm. like it's kind of the joy of youth is still there when they're dead um, which I think is like I've said that's the main theme of the album but you can also use that to reference back to reality check and say that there is a kind of positive light in that where she's saying look death is going to come to us all and we can either just die or we can live our life Uh and enjoy it however we want to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and make the most of it yeah i think when when you mentioned casket pretty as well then um and the childlike nature of this album so like this album definitely the instrumentals on it are quite innocent in nature i guess mm. um like as you said they're quite light and quite yeah like almost feel good mm-hmm. so actually i mean it's in the title as well like casket pretty but it took me like a few listens before mm. i actually like really realized what they were talking what she was talking about yeah um and i feel like yeah that happens quite a lot on this album and particularly like yeah as you just mentioned the artwork like i've seen that artwork a million times it's only mm. now that I just looked at it that I see like the pink background and her with mm. the like middle part and her hair down, but then the skull on top of her head. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this album, yeah, it's definitely one where the sound of it juxtaposes the messages behind it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and it takes, I would say, yeah, a couple of listens to actually really realize what's going on. Yeah. And No Name's an artist where she can do that where it, it, the meaning is kind of hidden a bit deeper in the song, but it mm. doesn't make it at all difficult to grasp. Like, mm. you're still enjoying everything you're listening to, you're enjoying the words that she's saying and how she's putting them together. Um, and I also think with the kind of innocence that you mentioned in the beat, that is also there in the lyrics as well. Like, even mm. though she's talking about all these dark things and she paused making it because she hasn't had enough lived experience there's still kind of like a sweetness about how she says it like there is still a bit of a bit of childishness to it in the sense of like she's grown up around this and that is how a child may come to develop an understanding of everything Mm -hmm. um and i think going into room 25 there is a bit more maturity maybe i mean she still references everything with um, with humour like a lot of her bars are actually really funny mm. but then also undertones of just darkness throughout after Telephone then she takes a couple years of basically just touring the album which is where me and Joe from the first three episodes of this series we went to go see her at 
uh, what's it called? Electroworks in Angel. Mm. I think it used to be called Metalworks, now it's called Electroworks. Yeah. I saw a Village Underground supporting Mick Jenkins. Mm. Which is interesting that she was supporting, but like, what what a show. Yeah, <laughs> that is a cool show. I actually remember you saying to me and Joe, I beg you come to the Mick Jenkins one. And mm. I didn't really like Mick Jenkins that much at the time, so I was like, mm. no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And interestingly as well, I mean, this is completely irrelevant, but when I saw her at Electroworks, then uh, Laura Mish, who's Tom Mish's sister, was supporting her. Mm. And from a distance, I caught a uh, head-bopping Tom Mish in the crowd, <laughs> which was quite cool. But he was too Lovely. far away to say anything to him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Room 25. So, <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of relevant because this two, the two years in between, No Name is basically just touring Telephone. Like, mm-hmm. doing shows like the one I saw, like, half an hour shows, playing the album, plus, like, a couple features I lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does it so much that she essentially gets sick of all the songs that she's made. I mean, I think from what I remember from an interview, she said, I could just tour these songs forever and make stable income, but I will go crazy, to paraphrase, mm-hmm. is what she said. Yeah. So she... Kind of for financial reasons, kind of for like other reasons, she started recording Rune 25. Um, and it's definitely a lot more experimental in its production and its messages than Telephone, a bit like a lot more left field. Um, so, Telephone, like obviously, it one of the key themes is mortality, and that's still there in Rune 25. Um, but Rune 25 is a lot more. Like, as you said before, like her maturing, I think she said that it's kind of telephone was PG and now she's become a bit more of an adult and she's mm-hmm. like had a lot more lived experiences, um, particularly one losing her virginity, which mm-hmm. was surprising when I read it, but it's like a big theme of at least a couple of these songs. Yeah, I saw her just before this album got put out and uh, I think it was at Coco. Mm-hmm. And she said, this album is all about me getting dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but like, clearly for her, yeah, there's a big theme and a big change Yeah. Um, in this album from the last one. Yeah. Well, so the song that kind of addresses it a lot is Window, which yeah. again, uh, Felix did the production for it i think he did a lot he does a lot of her production Mm -hmm. um but this song also kind of ties into a lot about what you said is her being independent so a lot of this album is live instrumentation and like orchestras and like live drum players and things like that and i think i remember reading about it that she was saying all of this had to get funded by her like she was funding 12-piece orchestras by herself Mm. Um, so as an independent artist it was a bit of a struggle to make this album at some point um, without any kind of support but I would say probably a wise move from her in the grand scheme of things like this album it's definitely more left field and like the production is a lot more risky I would say than Mm. Telephone but I think it pays off quite well. Like black exploitation mm-hmm. is like um, quite fast-paced, like drums, um, 
not what I would expect to hear on like a Chicago rapper's album. Um, and then she raps about uh, how white America kind of view young black America. Penny proud, penny petty, pissing on Betty the Wolf, only the niggas I hoop. Trade them all up for cartoon dance, monkey dance, cause these are gonna pay me good tonight. Eating Chick-fil-A in the shadows, that tastes like hypocrite. Mmm, yummy, tasty, mmm, yummy, tasty. Offer from my empathy, bitches just really lazy. Maybe I'm not hypocrite, maybe I'm hypochondriac. I'm struggling to simmer down, maybe I'm an insomni black. And in the music video, is this like little kid in a small scale city acting like Godzilla. Mm. So it's kind of like say, well, I mean, not kind of, it is saying this is how white America view black America is like rampaging the city, like tearing down everything as path, mm-hmm. when in actual fact it's young and innocent and a product of its society. Yeah. I would say with that song as well, like her flow, that's probably the most mixed flow that she's come with like that's the mm. most clear separation from telephone and it's so like fast paced and she's just kind of building on it and it's like just ideas after ideas after ideas mm. um i'm pretty sure that's the one could, i mean just talking about how like black how white america sees black america i think that's the song where it's got that hillary clinton line about how like politics is pandering to black americans to try and get the vote mm. and it's referencing this interview that hillary clinton did where she says that she always carries hot sauce in her bag um, <laughs> to try and get the black vote <laughs> like she doesn't say that to try and get the black vote yeah. but she's like that's her trying to appeal to yeah. black audiences and i think the line's like she real real blacky like she's hillary clinton <laughs> um and that's like no name playing with humour again and yeah. involving that in societal um, goings on. I mean, and that is kind of even like, I mean, obviously it was going on then, so that's why she rapped about it. But then, mm. I mean, in 2020, like Donald Trump was pulling out every rapper he could find to <laughs> to promote him, to get like mm. young black America on his side. Like he had, obviously he's had a long relationship with Kanye West, but then he brought out like, Lil Wayne, Lil Pump, mm. 50 Cent at points. Yeah, all people whose political opinion you try. Well, you so he, he kind of manipulated Ice Cube a little bit as well to like make it seem like Ice Cube was working with him when in mm. actual fact they were just having meetings about like ideas Ice Cube had. Mm. But it was like, yeah, Ice Cube's now on Trump's side. Mm. Um, so it's, the, it's this kind of thing that you're talking about of like pandering to... Um, get black America on their side in Mm. political elections. Anyway, so moving on, uh, there are a lot of good tracks on this album. I would say probably Ace is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's just a little bit of a bias because (laughs) me and Aaron actually have a weird connection with this song in that it's named after the Ace Hotel, which used to be a venue in Shoreditch. and when me, Aaron, and my girlfriend Mia went to go see Smino in summer of 2018, they threw an after party at the Ace Hotel. The whole Smino and the band were there. They had DJs, they had everything going on. I got a spud from Smino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. And he was moving to some girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a big way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is referenced in the song. That's why I said it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Smino's verse talks about being at the Ace Hotel, being in Clapton, being in mm. London, like links to the UK. So I don't know if I have the slight bias with this song. 
because that album is actually a sick there. song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, their flows are all so sick on it, yeah. the way that they come together. In fact, Sabah, I would say, although he does this flow quite a lot in his music. I ain't been at home in a minute, my landlord been getting pissed because I barely count as attended. I'm overseas with the yen and shit, and I can't recall the last time my live show was intimate. The price for the show just went up in addition. The tickets that they didn't figure it out in 2012, so I just said fuck it, because we can drop all our albums ourselves. Yeah, I just said fuck it, because I know I got the gift like an elf and been rapping raps around them like I'm a belt. It's so, it's so hard. It's so yeah. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's that deep analysis we love. <laughs> yeah, it's his flow, but I like it. <laughs> I know, but you know what? Like, I know a lot of modern rappers get shit for doing the triplet flow, mm. and that it's just like uh, all that modern rappers do. They don't switch up at all. And Sabbath does fall into that sometimes a little bit, but mm. he's so sick at it. Yeah. But like, I'll, I'll allow him. <laughs> yeah that is probably my favorite song on the album i'd say yeah i don't know if i'm also biased like that though yeah i mean to be fair i was listening to it again today and window is better than i remember it being and with mm-hmm. you is also better than i remember it being not to say that mm-hmm. they were bad the first time i met and i listened to them but this time i was like you know what she's she's spit some truth on this mm-hmm. um and i really enjoyed it and like the orchestral feel to it the live instrumentation feel to it it's like not something you get often in rap Mm -hmm. in modern rap at least obviously there are people like the roots who have done this for years Mm -hmm. but generally it's not something you get that often and she absolutely smashes it yeah as always Mm. what i would also say um is like you said better than you remember it's just a really good album as his telephone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both really good. I was also going to mention the fact um, she says in, in looking at the kind of just the names looking at like self don't forget about me um and then no name it starts off the album with like talking about how people will listen to the album how people interact with it um and don't forget about me she's like i hope my granny don't forget about me like i hope these people don't forget about me and on the surface you could be like oh she wants to be remembered mm-hmm. and then on no name she's talking about like how she is going into like her name doesn't exist and she's just kind of a construct and she's not in the music anymore Mm. um and you could kind of see that as her stepping away from music a little bit um or at least taking a step back um from the image of a rapper Mm -hmm. i would say i mean yeah and then following this album she definitely did that Mm -hmm. um so she on Twitter, at least, where she's pretty active, she's very anti-capitalism, anti-establishment, mm-hmm. pro-communism, and tweets out a lot about the things that she's reading and like uh, authors that she likes. So much so that she actually ended up starting a book club mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles, I think. Yeah. Where yeah, they read like kind of books related to black politics and black leaders. Um, and yeah, I think the activism side of her 
career and her personality definitely became more of a priority to her than the music recently. With the book club in particular, she apparently said that she started it because um, of some what she called misguided tweets about mm-hmm. capitalism, where she was like pro-capitalism, mm. which seems really strange now. And she was kind of encouraging the idea that people can make it good if they work hard enough. And then she mm-hmm. got a bunch of re- responses like, you don't know what you're talking about, like, you need to study this and that and that and that and that. And rather than just kind of being like, oh, shut up, she then went and did learn about these things and thought it was important that other um, people learn about these things as well, particularly black people. And that's mm. what encouraged her to make the book club. And I think she's kind of trying to make reading cool, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's bring, She often has like other artists come in and do suggestions as well. So like Kalani did one, Earl Sweatshirt did one, where they like they suggest a book for the month and then people talk about it. Um, and she's using this not just kind of as a idea of raising consciousness about these issues, but she's also politicising it in the way where she said it's like a fuck you to Amazon and mm. to the FBI because she really encourages people to go to like independent bookshops and black-owned bookshops. Um, and she did like a National Library Registration Day where people, <laughs> to encourage people to go and join their local libraries and make use of those kind of resources rather than mm. giving money to big business and um, products of capitalism like Amazon. It's interesting that you said that people on Twitter were getting onto her for being pro-capitalist mm. because since then... Yeah. She's been very anti-capitalist <laughs> and people get onto her so much. Mm. Like to the point where I think she is just like considering just giving up music and just like reading and doing book clubs and things like that and like taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's definitely tweeted a few times that her next album, Factory Baby, mm-hmm. will be her last album. Whether that's still the case, I don't know. But it sounds like the flack that she gets for her stance is like making her less inclined to make music yeah she has definitely become uh, one of the artists with the most the biggest political stance that mm. lots of artists have political opinions in their music but she's now seen particularly as a political artist mm-hmm. and that is i mean a lot to do with her activism and a lot to do with her twitter mm. um Part an- another part of her stepping away from music that we should kind of mention because uh, we have mentioned before in the past is her mentioning how she feels uncomfortable performing her songs to white crowds, um, and that is something that she also mentions on Twitter. Like she's often called out her black audience for not coming out to her shows. Um, mm. To give a bit of context to that, it's kind of I mean she hasn't said this as a quote. I'm kind of explaining this she's it's kind of the idea of like if you're writing from the perspective of of a black woman it's supposed to be kind of representative of your position in society and lived experience and then when she performs it in front of a room of white people or like white men that haven't shared this experience it removes some of the meaning from the music and the performance because it just kind of becomes a process of selling yourself and kind of selling race Mm -hmm. um which is a part of why since room 25 like we've said she's become a lot more sporadic in her releases like she occasionally puts out a song um and they are still top quality like she's so good Mm. um but then 
I, like you said, we both thought that she was taking a big step back from music, but then she put out a song a week ago. Um, from well, a week ago from the release of the pod. And again, she's great. If you think you love me, then bury me when the sun up. Faded with the homie, he pearling another blunt up. Talking to Muhammad like niggas don't really trust us. Down on stolen land for a dollar like that ain't fucked up. It's fuck they money. I'ma say it every song into the revolution. Coming all the feds start running. Fuck a goodwill hunting. This is brand new murder. Revolutionary suicide, the clothes of Kurt. And you ain't seen death. I can hear the blood on the moon. These niggas put a flag upon it, all they do is consume. Only animal to ravage everything in his path. They turned a natural resource into a bundle of cash. Made the world anti-black, then divided the class. Now the rich niggas is rich niggas with showbread, really bitch niggas with big figures. Some cokeheads, these bitches is cokeheads, man. Uh, fuck a billionaire. Yeah, she hasn't rapped bad verse and it is reinforcing again her political ideologies within the music which i think if she is going to start making music a bit more again i think that's something that will probably be a bit more present yeah yeah i mean it's interesting i don't know just her whole kind of crossroads moment now Mm -hmm. because i feel like now she's starting to be more interested in music and the response that she got for the last track, Rainforest, was very good. Mm-hmm. I like we both really enjoyed it. I think most of the people on Twitter that I follow also enjoyed it. But at the same time, she's now building a bit of a following as this progressive political activist. To the point where, like, I don't know, I considered uh, Joe Biden to be like definitely more progressive than Donald Trump in the last election. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more left-leaning. And then when you kind of see the things that she puts out and, like, examples of his policies and things like that, then he's not as progressive as maybe it seems like he is or maybe that he is in comparison to Donald Trump, but that actually the societal issues in America are so much bigger than just electing Joe Biden to fix everything, mm-hmm. which I think she points out a lot on the internet. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see in the future what route she takes for the rest of her career, whether it's as a musician or full-time activist or both. Yeah, definitely. Um, also just occurred, well, not just occurred to me, I've thought about it before, but we haven't mentioned it. Um, there are some comparisons, even though she never really mentions her, that could be made to Lauren Hill, mm-hmm. particularly because one of the things that she says a lot in the first album or tape even is she uses the phrase everything is everything mm-hmm. which is referencing a Lauren Hill song although she said that it wasn't intentionally referencing a Lauren Hill song and then Lauren Hill also had the same sort of thing where she was divided on whether to continue with music for the same issue mm-hmm. um, but No Name's definitely more active in getting her voice out there um, in terms of actually saying what she thinks politically I would say mm. Well, I mean, as well, like, No Name has social media now, yeah, in which that's... Lauren Hill didn't have when she yeah. was uh, making miseducation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's more of a platform to put your mm-hmm. voice out there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's the end of our artist profile on No Name. Uh, I hope you learn a lot. Um, again, usually like last week we do recommendations, but I feel like this is the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't listened to them, 
we advise you to go listen to Telephone and Rune 25 and her new track Rainforest mm-hmm. and all the features that she's done. And to be honest, her albums are only about half an hour, 40 minutes each. So yeah. you could probably do it in a day if you really wanted to. You could probably do it all in like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she keeps it pretty um, pretty tight. Yeah, And yeah, like, like Jules said, we endorse No Name music in a big way mm-hmm. so yeah um go and have a lovely week and a lovely day <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you back time back time we'll see you next time bye peace out <laughs>